We are all connected. Join me as I talk to like-minded people about topics that are appropriate to the current times we are living in. My name is Lerato Shabalala and this is Relevant. Hi everyone. I wanted to enter the show by letting you know why it's so important to me. Um, we're recording this on August 1st, excuse me, and um, this is Women's Month in South Africa. How uh, we got for this month of August to be Women's Month is um, in 1956, a group of South African women, including Umam Lilian Goy and the late uh, Miss Helen Joseph, they marched as a group as a group of many women who marched to the union buildings to um, contest the apartheid laws that said black women had to carry a pass, which is basically to be in a, a, a white suburb, a black woman was going to have to have a uh, that pass document with her. My granddad had one, um, and it, it only sort of ended up, I think, um, as more and more of our people fought. Um, but in particular, it was problematic for um, black women in South Africa because um, at the time, a lot of uh, women were working as domestic workers, which means they couldn't make a living uh, by going from the townships, um, which were built as concentration camps for black people. And we need to travel from there to the suburbs to go clean houses and they couldn't. So all women got together and said, look, actually we need to fight for everybody's livelihood Let's go to the union buildings on August the 9th in 1956. And that's how we got to where we are now. Um, obviously, what's going to happen a lot is this month, and it happens all the time. And in any normal circumstance, we should be happy. Um, you know, oh, it's Women's Day, happy Women's Day. Um, but it's not a time for us, particularly now, us dealing with um, COVID-19 us um, experiencing gender-based violence in South Africa. Um, and gender-based violence obviously goes across. The women in Turkey started the Challenge Accepted Women Supporting Women uh, movement over the last couple of weeks for this exact reason. And you will remember uh, 28-year-old Tsekhofat Bule, um, who was uh, pregnant. Uh, she was killed and hung um, we have a young, uh, not even young, not even a toddler, a baby, two years old, um, who was uh, raped in Pretoria while um, she was in an isolation ward. In South Africa alone, um, the stats that came out recently say that 110 women are uh, raped in South Africa a day. And those are reported cases. That's not cases that have not been reported. Those are reported cases. Um, during this lockdown period we're facing in South Africa, um, 380 of those rape cases are, are reported to be from schools and varsities. So our children are, um, are doing this to each other as well. It's not just adults. So there's clearly something wrong. There is clearly something wrong. 19% of, of people who are the uh, victims of violent crimes are, are children and women. So we have a big problem. 
we have a huge issue and we cannot say we are happy we are happy when um our women are not um not only being taken care of but um are, are victims of of crime um and most of these men they know us they love us they they they, they claim to love us um but you cannot love somebody and hurt them. Now, here's the thing. This is why I wanted to do the show. I, this is not a man-hating thing. I don't hate men. I love men. Uh, those who know me know that I do. But 51% of women say they have experienced gender-based violence, which means half of the women in this country have had a man put their hands on them. Who who are these men? Because there's so few men who come forward and out their, their friends and say something um, publicly. So who are you? How come you don't know anyone? That means in a, a group of 10 guys, five of those guys have either um, raped a woman or uh, did something violent uh, to a woman. So. What I'm trying to say is, men of South Africa, we need you. We actually need you to support us. We need you to call your brothers out. In the shops, when, like that woman at Woolies who had to record a video and put it on Twitter um, of a man calling her a bitch, wanting to hit her in a store because she said, you can't touch my bum. That's, that's what we're dealing with. We need you and we need you beyond. And while we are grateful for the not in my name um, movement and the hashtag and you guys supporting us, we need you on a practical level to please side with us. The 50% the of you, the half of you who are not hurting us, we need you to speak up to stand up for us, to display your lovers by taking action. So that is the lens I want you to look at this first podcast. I want you to think of me, your mother, your sister, your child. I don't want you to hear a statistic. I want you, I want you to feel our pain. And so South African men, I'm begging you. Please support us. Please stand for us. And to my sisters, we will make it. We will be all right. And I am grateful for the women who marched to the union buildings in 1956, because without them, I wouldn't be here. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. Please comment and um, don't forget to subscribe. It's important to me to share my information and use this platform. So subscribe to Lerato Shabalala um, on YouTube. Uh, follow me at Lerato TJ um, on uh, Twitter as well as Instagram. And of course, you can get the um, audio version of the podcast on my website, leratoshabalala.com. So yes, subscribe, comment, if you have solutions, please give some. And in, if you are a, wom a woman who is uh, a victim, please, please, please find help, reach out. 
And to the survivors, keep telling your stories. You're helping other people. This is relevant. May this conversation move us forward. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the first, very first episode of Relevant with me, Lirato Shabalala. I'm so excited. We are actually recording this on August the 1st. It is the first, excuse me, it is officially Women's Month in South Africa. And um, I'm excited to have this guest. She is um, a phenomenal woman. She's a businesswoman. She's a mother. She's a CEO. Um, she's a, a friend. She's actually responsible for my, my brows and, and my lashes thank you she rescued me out of a bad situation with my brows um this woman describes herself as um a femtrepreneur and i love that a feminist who's an entrepreneur so without further ado i want to uh, introduce you guys to my friend um um Uneza suleiman Eid mubarak friend how are you Hi, friend. Thank you so much. And um, thank you for the well wishes and that wonderful introduction. Um, I think you give me a lot of credit, far more than I deserve. But I'm so honored to be here today on your show um, amidst the difficulties and the change that we're going through. Mm-hmm. But we're still going to soldier on and carry on with our brands. Yes, and we certainly must. Um, so we are going to have a really important conversation because you are an activist like me, and we are very, very, very um, intentional about telling the stories of women. But I think it's important to start with the things that drive you, like making people's brows. You know, um, uh, Ms. Oprah Winfrey often says, no matter what you do, do it well, even if it's the simplest thing. And I think what you have done is transformative. I first want to speak about your brand, Our Unique Brows by Uneza. And I want to talk about why it was so important for you to connect your name to the brand. Why just not call it Unique Brows? I mean, you had a business before this that you started in 2011 called uh, The Brow Bar. So you could have done exactly the same thing. Why was it important for you now? So um, The Brow Bar initially started in 2011. It was a successful business. Obviously, I was the driving force behind the business. And I didn't understand what a marital contract is all about. And it was only after I made the mistakes of losing my brand that I had to start all over um, with an entire new brand. I decided to start Unique Brows by Uneza. And the reason I added my name to my brand is whether I was the brow bar or call me yellow brows or pink brows, people knew me and associated the brand with me. Mm. As much as I had all these celebrities being the face of my brand, the face of the brow bar, Mini Flamini, Kanimbao, Kifi, Miss South Africa, Mrs. South Africa, I was the brand. And eventually when I rebranded after losing my entire company because of a litigation process, I then um, started Unique Brows by Uneza. I added my name to it because people knew me. They associated professionalism, honesty, integrity with Uneza, and I became the face of my business. I started, I took away all of the ambassadors, did a shoot, did my, put my name and my face to my brand. The moment I attached that, people were synonymous and they recognized this face. 
often people talk about me and they'll be like, you know, that girl, the brow queen, they don't know my name because my name is a little difficult to pronounce. It's not a common Muslim Indian name. And so they know my face. And this is it. I decided that if Kim Kardashian could do that, um, Kylie Jenner could do that. Huda Beauty, Anastasia became their own brands. Why we in South Africa are so far behind by not attaching our names to this? Is it a, a humility thing? Is it because I feel like it's too much of arrogance that I'm adding my name to this? And it's only after I went to the voice clinic for some coaching to, um, because I did a lot of public speaking and I wanted to, um, you know, speak well and articulate well and project my voice well. Did I have to do a coaching session with them? And I needed to believe in my brand. I need to believe my own story and it needed to come from a place of authenticity. And the moment I did that and I understood that I am the face. I am the brand. I am the driving force behind a simple brow grooming service that I took to the next level and it became the first franchise business in South Africa. And so I added my name to it. And here I am 18 months later with very little damage control with nine stores ahead of time and God has been just so great grace and so good to me um, in this journey. Yeah, I mean, that is such a great story. And I I think what it does for me is that it signifies the power and the strength of women. You know, as I said, this is Women's Month and I'm only speaking to women this month. And so there's two things that you mentioned that I think are going to be important for women that I want us to chat about. So the first one is, um, what are the things that people don't recognize about um, a marital uh, contract that could potentially, particularly if they're getting in, into business with their spouse, that could potentially be a, a problem. Uh, so that's the first question is what should women know and understand about marital contracts? And then the second thing I want to ask you is something that you mentioned now um, about oh, you know, it's humility. We don't want to say this. We don't want to do that. It reminds me of a quote that Maya Angelou once said, which is uh, modesty is for lies. That if somebody's that modest, they're lying. Because if you work hard for something, you want to be credited for it. So why, as women, do we struggle with owning um, our spaces? I mean, Zosie Bini, Twins in this Universe, said it so nicely. She said, we need to be okay with taking up space. That's what leadership is. Why is that a problem for us women? Why do we struggle with something as simple as putting your name behind a brand, which is your brand? Exactly. So I think it's from, um, I'm going to say it's the way we were raised. Um, we, our mums were very brainwashed and their mums were very brainwashed. And it, it passes on generation to generation that females have a very small space in society and they need to know their space and they need to conform because what their husband says is the gospel. It's truth. It's not just an Islamic problem. It's a, it's a universal problem. You'll find it amidst all of the cultures all around the world. True. Females are not allowed to take charge. We're not allowed to be taking over space. Mm-hmm. So one, when you get married, automatically you marry into the community of property. I started my business on a market doing eyebrows for free. Who would have thought such a simple business would become such an empire that today it's the highly sought after brow business 
in South Africa. And when you I had you had everywhere, that, right? You had stores everywhere. You had um, correct. not just clear water. At some point you were in Rosebank. You're also in Durban. So you built this business. Absolutely. From the market to um, all these massive stores, there was Menland, Rosebank, Durban, Clearwater, um, Mall of the South, etc. So there was a, there was a nice portfolio. And the moment I stepped up and I said, I want to take charge. Why am I not the director of my business? Why am I not earning a salary? What is going on? I'm I'm like the golden goose here, but I am I'm I'm being undervalued and unappreciated. I want to be on my business. Mm. And the moment I challenged the status quo, that's when I ruffled all of the feathers because I wanted to know. I'm working. I need to know what's happening in the business. And when this whole thing fell apart, I thought, oh my word, I'm not going to manage this. I don't know anything about accounting. I don't know anything about this business other than doing the actual work. So I learned. I went for a business management course. I studied. I understood. And now if I had to enter into a marriage with someone or into any business relationship, whether it's a marriage or um, an association, I've realized that MOUs, MOAs, having contracts, having understandings, having everything, a telephonic conversation typed up on an email is so imperative because men can misconstrue everything to their advantage where they see that this is a money spinner. So my ex-husband said to me, you'll never be successful without me. And here I am, 18 months later, I've got nine stores and they're all owned by me. So, yes. Yes, we praise God, universe, Allah for that. And I think more women um, need to do that. I'm so, 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 so proud of you for um, being able to find your space and claim your space. Um, and I think it's something that women um, struggle with um, a lot. What, what yes. do you think, you know what I loved about what you just said now? I love what you said now about learning. I was exactly like you, um, Uneza. I found myself doubting myself. I got into strange partnerships with weird people because I was like, oh, I'm a creative. I'm not business-minded. I can never do this. But your destiny is set in such a way that unless you follow it, nothing else will be successful. You actually need to follow your destiny, which means learn, which means do things when you are scared, which means move um, forward. I mean, I think what I want to ask you is what tip would you have for a woman who we know where it's locked down? We know um, the many people who are losing their businesses. When we were talking about um, Unique Brass by Uneze, one of the things you said to me is that you've been fine. So I wanted to ask you, what are the tools that you have um, learned that helped you stay and keep your business alive? And that's essentially what the show is about, is how to stay relevant in, in all times, not just in times when there's a global pandemic. So what did you... What have you done differently that you could give as a tip to other people, both um, uh, mentally um, as well as practically? So growth is painful. Anything that you're going to do is going to be difficult. If you're going to challenge yourself, that's when you're going to give birth to something new. And Mm -hmm. I always said that to empower yourself, you are 
what you do now is going to ultimately affect your future. You need to plant your foundation now during the tough times. We've had so much time to learn, self-learn. There is the internet is there's so many free classes. I mean, the, the wealth of information that is available on the net for free, it's there. It's readily available. I think women need to realize, okay, so when the lockdown started, I put a list together and I said, this is my vision board. Like we start in the beginning of the year with a vision board and these are the things that we want to achieve and accomplish. And obviously some goals you meet very soon and some you don't. But you kind of had a guide, I have a guideline. And so I started with my vision board and I attended to a lot of things that I didn't get down to during the lockdown. And if I tell you that my business is fine, there are so many beauty businesses that are struggling. I am inundated. I have to turn business down because there's so much business for me. And I'm so grateful to God for every single blessing that has come my way But God doesn't say, I'm just, you know, he says, help those. He helps those that helps themselves. And I invested. I took the time. I just didn't become a forgotten business or brand during lockdown. I was out there. You know, I'm the face. This is the face of Unique Brows. I started interviewing women on their lives. I brought in a new product. I started doing tutorials, just random conversations with an attorney, for example, because during the lockdown, women were suffering and they still are. Mm-hmm. As a victim of gender-based violence, I know what it's like to be, feet, well, I always say facing the fist of another man. Mm-hmm. And like I'm going back to now, I'm saying growth is painful. You need to invest in yourself. If you don't know something, learn. If you don't understand how to read a um, spreadsheet, learn. If you don't know how to read a um, as a Income statement, learn. Work with a marketing calendar. These, this stuff is free. Social media is the way to go. I sold 400 serums in the lockdown during the recession, during the time where our economic Amazing. situation, our current economic status was junk. But my brand was still selling. And, I, and it's because I remained relevant. I kept up with trends. I jumped on the bandwagon immediately when I realized, hang on, you're wearing a mask. What's going to, be, what's going to happen to your eyebrows and eyelashes? It's going to become exactly. the new focal point. Exactly. And then, Especially single women, right? You, this is, you need this now. <laughs> more now than ever. And so during the lockdown, I learned, I, I learned how, to, uh, um, do, um, uh, how to load products onto my website. So I went to my website guy. He developed my website. I said to him, teach me. I, I learned how to do collaborating with other women that sold similar products. And we, we had major collaborations during lockdown. Competitors, my competitors. And I said, you sell my product and I'll sell your product because... My customer is different to your customer, but if you are making 50 rand on a product and I'm making 100 rand on a product, whatever, at least we are generating income and our brands are growing, so collaborating. Then I did another course through Instagram. It was a free course. It was a masterclass on how to edit, how to, how to, do, you know, how to plan your social media so that everything looks good. I have got like nine apps that I use. I don't need to pay a marketing person to run my social media, but it's learning, empowering yourself, knowledge that 
no one can take away from you. So when I started my brand, I took my business that I started on the market. I was the brainchild. I took the same business, copied and pasted it into Unique Browse by Onesa. And no one could take that away because it was my knowledge. It was my IP. That is absolutely amazing. That is just so amazing. I want us to go back to something quite serious that you mentioned. But before we get to that, you spoke a lot about um, social media and using it. And what we're understanding now is that you can use social media to your good. I mean, this this podcast is going to live on YouTube and is going to be um, on our social media. And it is because it is a space where you don't have to, you know, pay for marketing. You don't have to beg for space here and there. Um, I want to find out from you, are there, are there things that business owners should think about when it comes to, particularly women who are business owners, when it comes to the internet? Because I think a lot of the times ladies put nice selfies and they don't think about how social media could help them personally. Um, so w- what was the thing that shifted in you that went, oh, this thing is serious. It's not just selfies. This, this, is, this can be where my money comes from. Hmm. Okay, so for me, obviously, um, when social media just started, I collaborated with um, these influencers and celebrities. I mean, I was one of the first that started that. And it's great. I promise you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. It's great. It's great to have people talking about your brand. And so... The power of social media is huge. You, you can either, you have one chance at it. So if you do it wrong, you're going to leave a bitter taste in people's mouths for a long time. But if you do it right, you're going to resonate for years and years. It's a ripple effect. People, women talk. Did you see this? This is something new she's doing. So aside from having the celebrities, I, I became a... Um, sponsor of Mrs. South Africa, and they generally have the top 100. So here's 100 ladies talking about my brand to their followers. Wow. And then it comes down to the 50, then they talk to their followers, and we help them grow their social media platform. Then I did a thing called Girl Boss Thursday, and it honestly, Lerato, it started off as just people saying, Neza, you've got such a nice following, you've got a great engagement, can you share my business? And I said, of course. And then the Girl Boss campaign was born. And it's every Thursday that I promote other businesses on my social media. It's almost selfless, selfless giving of your time to followers because we also need to realize that there's enough sunshine for the whole world. Um, I promote other brow businesses in Cape Town or in in areas that are not in my area because they're home-based business. I'm a retail business. Mm. My client is not going to go to them and their client's not going to come to me. So it's about sharing. And through the collaboration of Girl Boss Thursday, my platform has grown because there are more women asking me, can you help me? I received two new customers through you sharing my business. It's two new customers that they didn't have. So I went through a terrible divorce. I mean, it was wretched on all levels. But not once did I go on there and say that men are dogs, men deserve this or men deserve that. Because honestly, the spotlight is on me. It is a reflection of me and not the wrong that that person has done. So I want to say this, and it's clear-cut advice. 
don't bash men on Instagram. It's very <laughs> awkward. Exactly. Exactly. When I was telling uh, a friend of mine that you and I were going to be having this conversation, um, uh, he said to me, oh, no, you guys are going to get there and you're going to bash men. I said, actually, no, that's, we're very responsible for our own actions as, as human beings. I commend you for supporting um, other businesses and supporting other people. I, I wanted to, um, um, it makes me think of something that happened this week. A, the, remember over the past two weeks, I don't know if you've seen, um, Unesa, there's been a uh, hashtag called Women Supporting Women and uh, women have been uh, challenging each other. Now, what people don't yes. know about um, that particular challenge is that it started in Turkey. The Tur- black and white challenge. Yeah, the black and white ch- challenge. It started in Turkey. And the reason why I started in Turkey yes. was because the women were experiencing GB like we were here during lockdown right the men were hitting them and so women were not getting the help that they needed from state so they actually to start a movement and to have people see this they started posting uh, photos of themselves now in South Africa I had no idea why I was doing it but something instinctively said to me and I don't do these challenges I'm not one of those people but something said to me joined this one. And then I found out later um, from a good friend and actress, Kate Licorice, what actually um, it was about. I want to delve into your story about your experience with GBV. And I'll tell you why I want to. Um, This month, we're going to have a whole lot of people saying, oh, happy Women's Day, happy Women's Month. But the truth is, how can we be happy when we are still being killed and hung when we are still being hit in our homes, the cases of GBV went up by almost like over 50% in South Africa be, during lockdown and it has not decreased. And it is a terrible thing that is happening to us. And a lot of people think it's a socioeconomic thing. They think it's people who are in the townships, people who are in rural areas. And here we are, you and me, having a conversation over Zoom and we uh, own our brands, uh, you're a CEO, you're a mother, you're a very um, empowered woman, but we, we cannot lie about the fact that we are all, if we are not affected because our friends, uh, this is happening to our friends, it can also happen to you. So I think you telling your story is gonna help so many people. So I wanna ask you, what was that experience? I'm going to go two steps back. So my entire business is built on true skills development. This Mm -hmm. means I take young girls from an improvised um, or underprivileged lifestyle that didn't have the opportunity to go and study beauty, but they have a flair for it. They have the right attitude. They don't have any skill. And I take them into my business and I coach them. I mentor them. I train them all at my own cost. So whether it is giving them transport money, paying them in the month that they're learning, using my products to learn. I educate them and I groom these girls to a level where they, I release them into my business and they start seeing clients. So as a woman supporting women, I have been doing this for almost nine years. It's my calling. It's what I believe in. And that empowering one household, I'm one woman, I'm empowering a household. And yeah. this one woman probably takes care of her mom and her sister and all of their children just from one salary. 
So coming back to the reality is that I got married, you know, second time round. Definitely didn't make the mistake I made the first time of bringing my spouse into my business. And I had all of my um, paperwork in order. So lesson learned first time round. Um, Two weeks after my wedding, I found that this man started physically abusing me. And the sad thing is, the first time that it happened, Lerata, was that I blamed myself. I mean, I'm a highly educated woman. I have a degree in communication science. I have so many diplomas in this and that. I'm educated. Yes. And yeah, this man put his fist on my face and I said, yes, you're right. I'm so sorry. I should never have done that. I deserve that. And then I sat down and I realized, hold on, but Renetha, you didn't do anything wrong. Exactly. This manipulation and this narcissistic behavior, okay, and I let it slide. And a month later, the same thing happened. And I thought, no, I'm not going to stand for this. This is absolute nonsense. And then it happened the third time round. And this is the kicker. Is that when it happened on the third time round, I decided in my head, I cannot be a victim of GBV. I cannot be this woman that's um, um, a battered woman. I'm not going to have battered woman syndrome because here I stand on so many platforms telling women what they should and shouldn't do. And then I'm, I'm just basically a hypocrite. So if I really say that I am a woman for women empowerment program, then I need to live by my calling and be truthful and honest to this. Yeah. So I picked up my bags and I left. Go for you. And what frustrates me the most is that a man can get away with so many things and a woman is blamed in so many ways. And my biggest fear, Lerato, was that my father would say to me, go back home, what will people say? Because it's your second marriage. And when I called him and I said to him, my dad's old, he's 72 years old, he's a... Um, local counselor in a small town of Middleburg. Everybody knows my dad. My biggest fear was him. Forget the first and whatever repercussions I had. My fear was my dad. What will he say? And he said to me, my baby girl, come home. I'm not fetching you in a body bag. Bless. Mm. So hard. Mm. Because I remember what because you said. Because if I didn't have the support of my family. Yeah, I remember what you said about the, the stigma in the Islamic community where people frown upon divorce, that it's basically this terrible thing. And I, and, and I was just like, it's very similar to African culture where you're told to beg you know, you persevere through the pain. And I don't understand how we ask people to persevere to being hit. <laughs> I, I just don't understand that. So I'm, I'm so thankful for your father. Absolutely. If it was not for my dad, I don't think I would be where I am now. And I've had some, I've had many low days. Now, financially, I was okay. I came back and I bought a new car and I picked up my pieces. And I mean, I'm a woman that people look up to daily. Women message me and tell me you're such an inspiration and I started a business because I saw what you've done and you inspire me daily and I think how can I inspire you and I myself by how life is falling apart you know at that time I didn't understand that my story was evolving because 
when I shared my story for the first time, woman said to me, you take, it took guts for, for you to do what you did. You are inspiring me to say, no, I am not happy setting boundaries. And this is what I'm willing to tolerate and not tolerate. Mm-hmm. And the fact that my self-worth and I valued myself so much that I chose my the right over love and what people will think. I've come out of this with flying colors, but it's not easy. Mm. The message that I want to share here is whatever choices you take, whether you're going to stay or you're going to leave, it's a crossroad. Mm. If you stay, you're going to constantly have unhappiness, pain, heartache, blue eyes. Your family is going to be scarred with all of this emotional abuse. Mm. When you leave, you're going to have pain. You're going to be financially set back, emotionally set back. There's going to be the stigma of people talking about you. I was very worried what it would, how it would affect my brand. Mm. But then I also realized, but hold on. If you're going through a divorce, it doesn't mean you're shaping eyebrows badly. You're still great really <laughs> at what you do. Exactly. You know? um, Thank you. And so the message that I want to say is that it's okay. It's okay to walk away from a situation. You will survive. There is life after GBB. Yeah. And there is no shame in saying that you're a survivor or you're a victim of GBV. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Mm. Ah. I mean, this is why I love you so much. This is why I this is why you're so amazing. Because it's it's not about how well you've done in business. It's not about, you know, because you we do not take our possessions with us. But the way we love people, the way we treat other people is something that stays in people's hearts. That's the thing that makes us eternal. That's the thing that doesn't die. Because when you love somebody, the love will never die, whether they're here physically or not. And what you have done is left a true legacy of um, being an activist, of allowing other women to see the beauty in themselves and the power in themselves. You've embraced your vulnerability, you know, um, because the more we, we, we try to resist change, the thing just persists. And it's important to just own who we are and own our stories and move on from there. I, I commend you. I couldn't have chosen a better, 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 better guest. I'm, I, I just Aww. want you to be blessed more and more and more and more and more and more because you're so amazing. So where do people find you? So before we wrap up, where do people find you? Where do people buy uh, the product? Okay, so um, Unique Brows is available on all social media flat- platforms. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That is Unique Brows, U-N-I-Q, B-R-O-W-S by Uneza. We also have a website which has all of our beautiful products, the, the latest range of masks, products, um, the serums, the pencils, the brow soaps. Those are also available, and that is www.uniquebrows.com. And you can find us in... Can I say something real quick? The the, um, um, sanitizers that you're about to launch, guys, you want to buy them. I'm getting my uh, bottle. It smells like perfume. I just wanted to say that. Like, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. 
really good. So that's me with my sanitizer most days. I mean, it smells like oud. Um, oud is a beautiful fragrance. Um, we also have stores. So we are based in Pretoria and Centurion at, uh, in Krugersdorp. We have a store in Life Day Spa Four Ways. We are in Vodacom World in Madrid. We are also in Mall of the South, Lanasia, and we are in Lelusha Mall in KZN. We don't have a store yet in Durban. I mean, in uh, in Cape Town. On my website, I also give away a free training. So if you're interested in becoming doing anything in the beauty industry, go online. Take my free course. You can. Educate yourself. It's free. I'm giving you all of this knowledge that I have with an exam. You write an exam, you complete it, you will be certified immediately. It's all available online. Learn, empower yourself. Um, women are strong, more stronger than they realize they are. Women are phenomenal. They have got so much power in them. They just need to see. They don't see what I see. I see a vision for a woman that walks in my doors. She can't see that. And yes, maybe it is part of humility or whether it's how we've been raised or we've indoctrinated in such a way. But women are just so amazing. I love women. I love empowering and supporting women. You know, last night, a lady phoned me. She said, I'm starting an NPO and I don't know what to do. And I said, well, let me set up your Instagram account. And it honestly just took me five minutes to do that. But... For her, it was like I did so much of sharing, supporting one another. You know, a candle loses nothing by lighting another candle. Oh, oh. you can follow Neza Suleiman on uh, Brow Queen, right? It's a Brow Queen ZA. Brow Queen, Brow Queen Neza. Oh, Brow Queen Neza. Excuse me. I was looking at um, the Twitter. Twitter, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, follow her, please. She's great. She's funny. Uh, she does TikTok videos. Her latest one is so funny. Um, and she supports other women. And she's phenomenal. And um, I thank you. This was amazing. Um, enjoy uh, Eid and thank you what you can of this woman's month because our freedom was, was fought for and we must continue to fight for it. I love you. I thank you. I honor you. Thank you so much. I love you too. And I'm so grateful for having me as your first guest. It's such an honor. But um, I think we can only grow upwards and onwards from your on end. I think it's a story that needs to be told and heard for many, in many households. Um, it's okay. Definitely. You're going to be okay. And you are enough. Whoever you are that's watching us, you are enough. You are enough and you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. We're all going to be okay. And with that, I will see you soon.